Welcome to Tea Time with Mary. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski. I'm a former bikini fitness model turned self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hi, friends. Happy Thursday or Friday or whatever day you're listening to this. Happy today, I suppose. Happy today. I really like that. I'm going to start using that. Um, Today, I wanted to do an episode about how to stop binge eating, restricting, and dieting. The reason why I put these all into one episode is because they are all the same thing. Seriously. I know it sounds crazy because binge eating seems like the opposite of restricting, but from right now moving forward, I want you to see them all as the same thing. Because they're all cyclical, one leads into another, and if we stop restricting, we'll stop binging. If we stop binging, we'll stop dieting. And if we stop dieting, we'll stop restricting. (laughs) So all of them are pretty much the same thing, even though they manifest in a different way. The reason why I wanted to do this episode right now is because I know that a lot of us are struggling with maybe stress eating and not liking our bodies as much because we're, you know, not moving them. And being at home, I know that comes with a lot of body image concerns, especially if you're at home and stressed. It feels like it's you versus your mind versus the pantry. And I've been there so many times before. Um, When I was going through my binge eating phase, phases, I suppose, because I didn't fully heal until honestly, just a couple of years ago, it took me a really long time to fully heal the binge and restrict cycle. Um, but the reason why I say like, I, I feel, I feel like what I experienced is very similar to what we're kind of experiencing now. And what I know based on what you've told me in the DMS that a lot of people are going through right now. I was actually in Canada. I lived in Calgary when I was going through all my binge eating stuff. And so it felt like I was quarantining myself because it's so freaking cold up there. And during the winter is when I would binge eat the most because it was cold and you're at home and you don't want to leave your house and you have no motivation to exercise. So it just felt like so much worse because all those feelings get piled on onto that binge restrict diet cycle. The feelings of guilt and shame and feeling useless and worthless and all those negative thoughts, feelings, and emotions that I would never wish upon anybody, but I know that they come up. So hopefully this episode will give you some tools to stop doing that to yourself and stop doing that to your body. The first thing that I want to start with is defining what I mean by dieting. Now, a lot of people are like, it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle, (laughs) which like, yeah, fine, whatever, I roll. But I wanted to be really clear on what I mean as dieting. Dieting is any time you eat a certain way in order to change the appearance of your body. Now, this is not, hey, I think I'm not going to have ice cream tonight because last night when I had ice cream, I had explosive diarrhea. (laughs) That is more of a conscious choice, right? It is not, hey, I'm not going to have ice cream because otherwise I'll wake up looking bloated and I won't be able to fit in my dress and then I'll get fat and ugly and unlovable. So that is what dieting is. If you think any of those thoughts and then you find yourself restricting your food or choosing something that you don't really want just because you feel like you should have a salad instead of a sandwich, you know, um, Things like that. That is dieting. 
So what you have to do in order to stop binge eating is to stop dieting. And dieting is always a form of restriction. Most, more often than not, very rarely do I see somebody who diets, who doesn't restrict. And I'm actually going to argue that dieting cannot exist without restriction. And here's why. Let's define restriction. A lot of people think that restriction is eating 1,200 calories a day or less. Because for some reason, women have been told that they need to eat the caloric equivalent of a toddler. Literally, if you look it up, a two-year-old needs more than 1,200 calories. And for some reason, we think that it's totally normal for dieting apps like MyFitnessPal or Noom or whatever the hell is out there to put us on 1,200 calorie diets. I don't know where that came from. I'm actually really interested if somebody does know, slide in the DMs. But that is literally the caloric requirement of a a one-year-old, a two-year-old. I don't even know. Even they need more food. But restricting, a lot of people think that as long as you eat more than that, as long as you eat 2,000 calories or 2,500 calories or whatever that magic number is, I think everybody has like a magic number where they're like, oh, as long as I eat this much, then I'm not restricting. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. Restricting is a mindset. It's not about how much you eat. It's about what you're thinking while you're eating. So for example, you could be restricting eating 3,000 calories a day and still restricting. So yes, you can be binge eating every single night eating lots of food and lots of calories and lots of cereal and peanut butter (laughs) and thinking that there is no way that your body is starving and yet you can still be restricting. Because guess what? You wake up the next morning and what do you say? I'm going to skip breakfast or I'm going to have a smaller lunch, right? And then the cycle starts all over. So I think from what I've seen, and maybe this is different for that 1% of the population, But I believe that binge eating cannot exist without restricting and vice versa. Even if you go years restricting, eventually it's going to come back at you. And it's not because your body is stupid, right? And it's not because your body doesn't know about calories. It's actually because your body is smart. Because your body doesn't give a shit about what you think that it needs. Your body is not a math equation where you can just do calories in, calories out, like you're not, your body doesn't function like that. And the reason why is because, especially when it comes to something as intimate and sacred as food, I think that so many people have tried to do this whole mentality of food is fuel. And like, yeah, sure, food is fuel if you're a fucking Toyota, but you're not. Food is also, it's culture, it's tradition, it's family time, it's gathering, it's enjoyment, it's pleasure, it's fun. Food is so many things besides just fuel. And if food is more things than besides just fuel, then eating is actually a very sacred act. And we, when we take that away, when we strip eating from that enjoyment that it's supposed to bring to us, from that emotional, spiritual, mental fulfillment, when we just focus on the physical, then our body knows that shit. <laughs> Our body is wise. Our body is smart. Our body is actually very spiritual. Even if you don't 
pray every day or identify yourself as a spiritual person, your body is still very connected to the earth and to up above. So your body knows what kind of energy you are putting into it. So the example that I like to give is if you are eating, like say you go out with your girlfriends and you guys have burgers and fries and milkshakes, and then you go out to the club and you're dancing all night and you feel so good and you're laughing and you're spending time with each other and it's like the best night of your life and you stumble stumble in drunk and you just had all these sugary beverages, alcoholic or not, and you come home and you sleep and you wake up at 11 the next morning and you might have a slight hangover, but damn, you had a good night. And now picture you going out to eat, or let's say this, now picture you ordered in, okay, you got takeout, and it's the same burger and fries and ice cream and sugary alcoholic beverages and all those things that you count as junk food. You ordered all of that in and you sat on your kitchen floor crying and ate it in 10 minutes because you hate yourself. You're going to wake up the next morning and think that was the most fucking shittiest night of my life. I hate myself. I hate what I did last night. I can't believe I did that. So what does that tell you? That energy is real. How we eat matters just as much, if not more, than what we eat. Damn, that was gold. I can't believe that just came out of me. I'm serious. Like when I sit to record a podcast, it's like it downloads from up above. So I'm going to say that again. How you eat is just as important, if not more important, than what you eat. The metaphysics the energy. Metaphysics is just anything that you can't see. So the energy behind food is very, very real. So if you start focusing on every single thing that I'm going to eat, it's going to be out of love and enjoyment. And even if I'm stressed a little bit about the calories and the sugar, I'm going to make damn sure. (laughs) That doesn't make sense. I'm going to make damn sure. I'm going to make sure that at least it's going to taste good and at least I'm going to enjoy it. And at least it's going to bring me pleasure. And I'm going to let myself feel the pleasure because I know that I'm worthy of feeling pleasure. So tapping into those more spiritual realms and seeing food as more than just this enemy that you keep fighting, whether you're restricting or you're binging or you don't do either, but you're somewhere in between where every single Monday you tell yourself that you're just going to eat better or you're going to eat cleaner, healthier, whatever. I still consider that a diet. Because to me, every time I get up and I think, okay, I'm going to eat a little healthier today, usually the motivating factors behind that is because I don't like how I look. And so every time you think those kinds of thoughts and feel like you need to or want to, you're tempted to control your food in order to change your body, you constantly have to remind yourself that, first of all, it doesn't work. So here's like, step-by-step kind of thing. Anytime you feel the urge to restrict, I want you to remind yourself that it doesn't work. Dieting doesn't work. 95% of diets fail. Restricting will only lead to binging or restricting is just going to lead you to being obsessed with food. Do you want to live your life obsessing over food? I hope not, right? So it's not going to work. And say even if it does work physically on your body, It's going to take away so much from you emotionally, and it's going to take away so much of your life. This is what I talk about in my TED Talk, that my obsession with food and my obsession with my body took away from me living my life. 
and that included restricting and binging. When I was restricting, I was just as in my head about what am I going to eat next? What am I going to exercise? Like, oh my God, I can't believe they're looking at me, counting all the calories. And same when I was binging, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I don't want anybody to see me. I'm going to stay home. What's my next binge going to be? Fantasizing about food. Neither of those are healthy. So I guess the main takeaways from this is you have to see dieting and restricting as part of this bigger, this bigger cycle, right? Restricting and binging are the same things. They're just manifested in different ways. So regardless of where you're at in this cycle, you have to vow to break the cycle. You literally have to vow that you will never, ever, no matter how bad the thoughts get, that you will never act on them and that you will never put yourself on a diet ever again. That needs to be a fucking promise to yourself. I threw in that tasteful F-bomb just so you know how freaking serious I am talking to you right now. You need to swear off dieting. Until you swear off dieting, nothing will change. If you think, oh, I'm just going to I'm just going to eat a little bit more and it'll be okay because once I'm fed, then I won't feel the need to binge. (laughs) I used to do that thing where I'm like, okay, well, if I eat six meals perfectly spaced out and perfectly measured and perfectly balanced, whatever that means, then I will not binge tonight. And guess what? I went home and I would binge. And then the next day I would meal prep all my meals for the week and then I would come home and I would binge eat all my meals for the week. Like literally, I used to not keep any snack food or any food besides my prepped meals in the house. And then I would just find something to binge on, whether it was dry oatmeal or my meals or whatever, like crazy things. I would eat dry oatmeal. I would eat frozen broccoli. I would steal food from the grocery store because I was so dirt poor and binge eating kind of gets expensive when you have an expensive taste in food. So I would just, I hated the person that I was when I was binge eating. And I hated the person that I was when I was restricting and dieting. I was mean to myself and I was mean to other people because I hated myself. And so I fueled that into other people and it went into every single relationship of my life. So once you see all these consequences, Like, I want you to literally think about all the things that dieting and diet culture has taken away from you. Every little thing, every single memory, every single time spent with your family counting calories instead of actually being present with them. Every single time you said no when you really wanted to say yes. Every single time you said yes when you really wanted to say no because you wanted them to like you, you wanted them to validate you, you wanted them to think that you are hot and sexy. And so, You decided to get in bed with somebody that you didn't really want to sleep with. That was me too. Because my, this whole idea behind dieting, it feels like diet culture has trained us that, okay, dieting is just about food. And once we control our food, we can control our bodies and then it'll give us all these amazing things, confidence and relationship and we'll travel and look hot in a bikini and everybody will like us and we'll be so successful. Like there's all these different links, right? So it's not just about changing your body for the sake of changing your body. It's actually about changing your body for the sake of all these benefits that you'll supposedly get. So diet culture teaches you that it's so harmless. Why not try another diet? What's the worst that can happen? If it doesn't work, then it's because you didn't work, because you failed. So it is literally a foolproof business plan 
when you make people believe, when the product doesn't work and you make people believe that they're the problem, could you imagine if you went into a store to buy something and you bought a broken product, it didn't work, so you came back to return it and you said, hey, this drone or whatever doesn't work, it's not flying, I don't know why I said drone, but whatever, it works, this drone isn't working, it's not flying, and the the, the owner of the business started telling you, no, you're stupid, it's because you failed, you need to try harder, press the buttons harder, it's not flying because you suck. Like, could you imagine? Diet culture is the only business, and beauty culture, I think. Diet culture and beauty culture are the only businesses that make us believe that something is wrong with us when the product doesn't work. And it's the same thing, you know, manifests like in the changing room, right? When you're trying on clothes and the clothes don't fit. Those diet culture thoughts go into our head and we don't think, oh, this article of clothing just doesn't fit because it's not my size because it's not made for me. It's made for that size minus double zero on the mannequin. <laughs> we don't think that. We instantly think, what is wrong with my body? Why aren't I fitting in this? Oh, I'm so fat. Oh, it's, it's, it's so tight on me. If I was smaller, then it would look better. And so these, this is just a process of conditioning. Diet culture has taught you how to think. And if you take marketing or if you are interested in marketing, that's what marketing tactics do. Very manipulative marketing tactics is they teach you how to think. And once you think differently about yourself, and once you think in favor of whatever that product is and you start to identify with it, which is the biggest thing diet culture does, then you will buy into it and you will be a loyal fucking buyer, consumer of whatever it is that they're selling you. So I'm getting a little bit pessimistic and angry here, but I just wanted to tell you about all the reasons why you should swear off dieting. I'm going to put one more reason just as a cherry on top. When you feed into diet culture's bullshit, you're also hurting everybody. (laughs) So not only are you hurting the people around you that have to deal with you, um, not that you're not a great person to be around, but I mean, deal with you constantly worrying about your body and food and everything. When we heal, not only will that help you and your family and your kids and your friends and everybody you're around, but it's also a big old permission slip for everybody else, especially women, to stop dieting and to embrace their bodies. So for me, that was actually a big reason why I stopped dieting. I was like, I want to be that one person in my friend group, that one person on social media, that one person that does not talk about changing her body. I want to be that. I want to know what that feels like. I want to be a light for other people. I don't, I'm sick of telling other people that something's wrong with them. And so you don't know this, maybe you don't realize this in the moment, but every time you go on a diet, you're telling people everywhere that they should go on a diet. It's like, think about the diet talk you have with your friends. Oh my God, I'm so fat. My thighs are so big. No. Oh my God, my thighs are bigger. You're so tiny. And then there's always that one like really thin person that's like, no, I'm fat. And y'all look at her like, what the fuck? If you're fat, then what are we? humongous? You know, what do you think of me? So it's like that same kind of effect. It just plays on a bigger scale. That's why we have to stop diet talk. This is why I'm so passionate about this because it hurts women everywhere and it holds us back. If women spend their whole lives obsessing over their body and how their body looks, then of course they're going to make 70 cents to the dollar. (laughs) 
This is why it all comes back to the patriarchy. Anyways, I'm going on a a tangent here, but we all we have to question these things that we take as the truth and question why certain things are <laughs> lined up a certain way. How come women make 70 cents to the dollar? And then when we do further research, it's like, well, because women don't ask for a raise. Okay, why don't women ask for raises? Well, because they don't feel confident enough. Okay, why? Well, because there's something wrong with them. Hell no. It's not because there's something wrong with them. It's because society conditions us to act a certain way in a way that is much different. And I would argue makes us play a much smaller game in this life than men are allowed to play. If women are constantly obsessed about their appearance, then we don't have that time, energy, attention, and money (laughs) to spend on things that actually matter. A lot of these ideas that I'm really passionate about lately come from a book called Beauty Sick. You've probably heard it mentioned on this podcast like 80 times by now, but it is completely mind-blowing. And one thing that I love the most about this book is that the stories in it come from women that are just like you and me. They don't come from very extreme researchers or very like, um, I hate to use this term, but there's no other way to illustrate. They don't come from like extreme feminists that are like, we need to stop wearing makeup and burn our brows. Like that is not what this book is like. This book is like, okay, you were taught at a certain point that your looks matter. You were taught at a certain point that your looks matter because they will give you the job you want. They'll give you the the man or woman or spouse that you want. They will give you the, the life that you want. They will give you all these things. People will like you more. So I want you to sit down and think about this. When you think about dieting or restricting, what do you think the end result will be? Say it works. Say you lose the weight. Say you feel like you look really hot and sexy and attractive. Then what? What are you really hoping for? The words that will probably come up are love, affection, validation. Um, uh, like the examples that I gave earlier, like the career of my dreams, attention, my mom's approval, my dad's approval. Um, I'll finally feel worthy. I'll finally feel beautiful and deserving. I'll finally feel confident enough to have sex. Now, think about all these results that you think will happen if you diet and if you lose weight. And ask yourself, is there anything on that list that you physically can't have, do, or be right now? I mean physically. I'm not talking about, oh, well, I feel like I can't, or I feel like I shouldn't, or I feel like nobody will like me. I'm talking about like very practically, like logically there. That's probably a a better word. Is there anything on that list that logically you can't have? Like even if you feel like you are in such a bigger body to a point where nobody will like you, have you ever seen anybody in a bigger body married (laughs) or in a relationship? or at work, or existing, or smiling, or laughing. (laughs) Like, people of all shapes and sizes and colors and genders are worthy of joy in this world, are worthy of love, are worthy everybody is. And there are people in this world that 
prove that. Thankfully, there are people that exist in varieties of different bodies and people that are married (laughs) in varieties of different bodies and looks and colors and everything, right? Like there's proof out there that everything that you want, you can have in this body that you have right now. There are people that are CEOs of big companies and business owners, and they look maybe the way that you don't want to look, but you have to ask yourself why, like what is wrong with that, you know? So dig really deep because dieting and restricting and wanting to lose weight, it's not because you just want to lose weight. It's because you've been trained that if you do, then all these amazing things will happen to you. Next up, I want to point out that if you have been dieting chronically for a while, you've probably weighed less and or more than you do now, right? So you've probably successfully at some point restricted your food and lost a couple pounds, right? Did that make you happy? And I get a lot of DMs where people are like, I just felt so much better. And I'm like, okay, if you felt better, does that mean you weren't obsessing over food in your body all the time? Because when I lost weight, now I'm just speaking from personal experience. I'm not a a therapist on this and I don't know the exact research behind it, but I can tell you that when I lost weight, I just became more obsessed. When I saw the number on the scale go down, I couldn't wait to restrict that day and work out and see it go down some more the next day or the next week. I started thinking even more about how my body looked like. I started internalizing all of that. And I started attaching a lot of emotions and a lot of brain space to that weight loss. Even when I did lose weight, there was never a point when I lost weight and I reached a goal weight when the goal weight didn't change. (laughs) The goal weight always seemed to change. There was never a point where I was just content. There was never a point when I lost weight and I was like, okay, well, now that I lost weight, I can stop dieting and I can start enjoying my life. It was like, no, like, Now you need to keep on dieting to maintain this. Now you need to diet more to be even smaller. Now you need, it just, it was never enough. So that's another piece of evidence why losing weight is not going to make you happy. It's not going to make all your dreams come true. (laughs) It's just not. I had this picture in my head, like once I'm X amount of pounds, I'm going to go be a sponsored athlete and I'm going to travel the world and I'm going to have this big buff boyfriend and I'm going to get married and have the cutest children. But when I'm pregnant, I won't get any weight. I'll be like a really fit pregnant woman. Like I had all these dreams, hopes, and expectations. And then guess what? I reached that X weight and none of that happened. (laughs) I was sleeping around. I was drowning in my insecurities. I was doing drugs. I hated my body. It wasn't enough. I spent five hours at the gym. Even if I wanted to date, I couldn't. I had no time. (laughs) I had to meal prep and go to the gym and run and obsess over my body and take pictures of my body for other people's validation, you know? Like, it's just such a vicious cycle. And I want you to realize that. And I hope that all of these pieces of evidence, notice that I've been using that word throughout this episode, I hope that these pieces of evidence help you root back into the the realistically speaking. Because I know that when we get really caught up in our emotions and our feelings of unworthiness, Um, aka anytime you are feeling fat, it's probably that you're feeling unworthy or unlovable. There's another feeling behind it. Fat cannot be a feeling. 
I have a whole YouTube video on this. If you feel fat, this episode is supposed to be about dieting, restricting, and binge eating. But if you want to dive in more into how to stop feeling fat, I have a YouTube video on it and I have an entire chapter of it in my ebook. I believe it's chapter three. But anyways, lost my train of thought. But if you really want to quit dieting, you need to root down into all this evidence because sometimes it gets so it's so easy to get caught up in our thoughts, feelings, and emotions and think, oh, this time will be different. This time, I swear, if I look like her, then I will be happy. This time, for real. This time, I'm going to change. It's really easy to start doing that to ourselves and then just go back into the vicious cycle. So I want you to vow to yourself right now that you are going to break that cycle. And the easiest place to break it at is the restricting phase. I think that binge eating is a necessary and natural and normal response to restricting. So it doesn't really make sense to break the cycle at binge eating because that's just like restricting, if you know what I mean. I fully believe in giving yourself unconditional permission to eat. I think restriction is the first part of the cycle because none of us binge eat and then restrict. Usually somewhere we restrict first and then we binge eat. Um, So if you focus on breaking that cycle at the restricting phase and give yourself unconditional permission to eat, unconditional permission to eat looks like this. I'm going to put it in one sentence for you, and I want this to be your new mantra. I have permission to eat as much as my body, my mind, and my soul want. Unconditional permission to eat. Now you're like, Mary, if I gave myself unconditional permission to eat, then I would eat ice cream all the time. No, you wouldn't. Trust me. I tried. You do it once, you do it twice, (laughs) and then it gets old, and then you want some vegetables. Well, Mary, if I gave myself unconditional permission to eat, then I would binge eat every single night. No, you won't. Think about this. It's like telling a toddler no. See, we all have like an inner child inside of us, and all of these survival mechanisms are basically how we were when we were two. So when mom says, no, you can't have that, what do you do? You scream and you get really upset (laughs) and emotional and you want it even more. We all know that it's pretty natural and normal for our brains to like want what we can't have. So once you give yourself unconditional permission to eat, everything will change. It's like, here you go. And then suddenly you're not interested anymore (laughs) because it's not like, um, novelty anymore. It's not this secret. It's not this like guilty pleasure that you have. It's like, okay, whatever. I remember one time I was like, okay, I'm going to give myself unconditional permission to eat. And I got out all of my binge food. It was like three in the afternoon and I was living at my mom's house at this point. I just moved back from Canada and I was just dealing with so much. And I'm like, okay, I need to get this binge thing under control. And this was like my last resort because I never knew that this would work. I always thought if I gave myself unconditional permission to eat, then I would eat until I couldn't walk. And I mean, I can walk, so I guess that didn't happen. But (laughs) I got all my binge food out, my cereal, my peanut butter, the butter, the crackers. I used to put like butter on crackers and just, it was basically I put cracker on butter because I swear my (laughs) slice of butter was thicker than the cracker. But anyways, I got all my binge food out. I was like, okay, here I go. I'm going to binge eat. Here I go. One bite in. And I'm like, ah, this isn't 
fun anymore. (laughs) I literally felt my brain turning into a toddler. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. This is so boring. I'm going to go do something else. And I'm just summarizing this for you, but it was like a 15, 20 minute ordeal where I was like, no, Mary, you have to binge eat right now because we decided that we would. And as if you're fed and you can't restrict and, you know, my mind was playing tricks on me. I was like, am I restricting or did the urge to binge really go away? And the truth is the urge to binge really went away. And I swear to you, like, I swear to you, that was the last time I ever thought about binging. Now, your journey may be a little bit different and it also depends on your mindset. So just because you like took all the food out and you did this doesn't mean that you'll instantly stop binging. But anytime you feel the urge to binge come up, and if you do this over and over again, like, okay, here I go, I can binge eat, no guilt, no shame, nothing. I'm just going to go for it. Because you have to realize that eating a lot of food is not the worst thing you could be doing. Like, it's a coping mechanism. And a good place to be is when you realize that, hey, food can bring me some comfort. And it's nice to have chocolate and wine and cereal when I'm upset. But it's also not the only thing that I do when I'm upset. I also have all these other things to do. You know, like I can call a friend, I can take a bath, I can sleep, I can do whatever. But eating is just like one of those things. And then once you have more coping strategies in your toolbox, and once you feel comfortable using all of them, then emotional eating just becomes like, I emotionally ate. So what? People do that. Every single movie scene where the girl gets broken up with, she buys a box of donuts. I'm thinking of Natalie Portman and no strings attached, right? Like that's a thing that people do. It's not a big deal. It's just when you do it all the time and it's like the only thing you do when you're sad or stressed or anxious. So anyways, I'm going so many different directions here, but keep in mind that your mindset really does have to be that unconditional permission. You can't just say that you have unconditional permission and then in the back of your head be like, okay, I can eat, but not too much. It's the same with weight gain. Okay, I can gain weight, but not too much. Once I gain weight past this point, then that's it. I'm going back on another diet. I I used to see this a lot with clients back when I used to do private coaching, but they would say, I'm okay with gaining weight. I just don't want to gain too much. If I go past this number, then I will not be okay with it. So it's kind of like the same concept of having a magic number. It's just the opposite direction. And guess what? Your mind still sees that as restricting. Your mind, your body, they're smart. You can't outsmart them. So I suggest that you start cooperating with them and surrender, surrender to your body's wisdom and know that it got you. It got you. Seriously. Your body is wise. Your body like will take care of you. Even if you gain a lot more weight than you are comfortable with, eventually your body will balance out as long as you keep on trusting it. The mistake that we make is we're like, okay, I'm going to trust my body. But once it passes this point, then I can't anymore. <laughs> That's where I draw the line. Okay, bye body. You're stupid. And then guess what? The body starts fighting back. So at a certain point, and this was the biggest turning point in my journey, is at a certain point, you just have to surrender. That's why I really love um, Caroline Dooner, I think her name is. I really love the title of her book and her platform. I haven't read her book, but I hear it's amazing. But she has the fuck it diet. And based on what (laughs) I'm getting from the title, it's all about fuck it. And what is fuck it? Fuck it is a form of surrender. It's like, fuck it. I'm just going to eat fuck it. I'm going to gain weight. My body's going to do what it needs to do. 
fuck it. I can't live like this anymore. So whatever happens, happens because it cannot be worse than what's already happened. And that's the mindset that you have to have. So at a certain point, you have to decide what kind of life do you want to live? Do you want to live your life afraid of food, micromanaging every single thing that you eat and being obsessed with your body image and contributing to diet culture and making women feel bad about themselves and their bodies? Or do you want to live a life of freedom, of liberation, of yummy food, of enjoying and loving your body, of hot sex? <laughs> Who doesn't want hot sex? Like, it's amazing what, what doors open up to you when you quit dieting, when you quit restricting. And once you do those two things, you will naturally stop binge eating. It's just, it's just a thing. Your body is smart. It might take a couple years. People ask me, like, how much time? It depends. I really don't feel comfortable answering that because I don't want you to attach to a time frame because, again, that's like one way we don't trust our bodies. We attach to a time frame, but it'll probably happen sooner rather than later. But it will only happen. Your body will only balance out if you start right now. The sooner you start, the sooner everything will will work itself out, you know? So, I love you. I think we've come to a natural close here, but I love you. I believe in you. You can do this. And please remember that you deserve so much more than you've been giving yourself. You don't deserve a life obsessing over food, obsessing over your body, obsessing over other people's opinions of you. You deserve so much more than you've been giving yourself, okay? So start giving yourself more. Start surrendering. Start working on your relationship with food. That'll naturally progress to you working on your relationship with your body. And then you can work through your relationship with food and your body. This is the beautiful thing about this journey is that it's just a reflection of your relationship with yourself. So I talked about this in another podcast episode. I think the one with Ailey, the one about healing sexual trauma. Once we work through food and body, all these other things open up where you're like, fuck, that makes so much sense now. I know right now it may feel like it's all about food and body, food and body, but there's actually so much more. So start going on this journey and start working through these things. It's lifelong. Like seriously, I'm still figuring stuff out. And this is why I love the podcast is you kind of see in real time how I'm figuring stuff out, especially as I'm interviewing guests because that's when I really open up. Um, And that is okay. That is totally, totally okay. But I want you to think about this journey with food and body image in particular as like the doorway to freedom as a whole, not just freedom with food and feeling comfortable in your body, but freedom in who you are as a person, being that fullest expression of you, the woman that takes up space in this world, the woman that knows her worth, the woman that is okay to be afraid of things, but she still fucking goes for it anyways. Okay. You are that woman. I believe in you. I love you. And I will talk to you next time. Love you.